This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's PJ Glasser. It's a football Friday, which means we have a plethora of picks coming your way. In just a few minutes, we'll do our favorite college picks. Next segment, we'll do our favorite NFL picks. And then later on in the show, we will do our best bets, the best of the best, the ones that we have the most faith in across the sports landscape. PJ, I was just commending you on how I feel like you are very good at playing. I think the word is contrarian in the NFL, Mm -hmm. where you tried to zig when everybody else is zagging. And you say, okay, everybody's out on this team. There is probably some value in a team that people have left for dead, which I think is a great strategy in the NFL because there is so much parity, even on the worst of worst teams, with the exception of maybe the New York Giants, which I kind of like them this week. uh, (laughs) They're still very good players on every single roster. But can Mm -hmm. you have that same strategy in college football where the parity is not nearly as prevalent as it is in the NFL? Certainly you can. And to your point, Chelsea, I was saying that I love people. I hate the public and I have no fit and I have no problem fading the public and I do it very often. But to your point, absolutely in college football, especially when we get to this time of the year and all the pressure is on certain teams, whether they're trying to make it to their conference championship, they're trying to go to the college football playoff, whatever it is. We saw Tennessee last year, right? A team who wasn't used to being in that type of spot where they were in the college football playoff conversation, went on the road to South Carolina, lost big outright as three touchdown favorites. I know Hendon Hooker got hurt in that game, but they were still going to lose regardless. We see it all the time, big upsets all the time. And we didn't get one last week. And I thought we certainly could because there were a lot of top 10 teams that were on the road or had some tricky games and they all survived. Everybody won. We only have two weeks left in the regular season And people are playing all these type of hypotheticals. And what if this team wins out? And what if this team wins out? And what if this team loses and all this? There's going to be chaos, Chelsea. This much we know. Somebody's going down. And it certainly could happen in a place we don't expect. So uh, this is the time in college football where I would start taking a stab with, like, some big underdogs. Because, again, like, even though there are some big spreads and, you know, you get games like, Oregon and Arizona State or you get games like Michigan and Maryland where obviously Oregon and Michigan are the way better teams but all the pressure is on them and if the underdogs can keep that game late third early fourth quarter and just put all the pressure on those favorites 
crazy stuff can happen. Mm, it's chaos season in college football. And I think that's why we all tune in because we see it every single year. Back when they had the BCS, things would not go in the committee's favor. And they're like, well, we need to stick to the BCS. And then what do you know? Uh, you know, a big team falls and another undefeated team from a smaller conference or a smaller, I guess you would call it league would rise in the rankings and they're like well you're not going to the national championship so we'll see if chaos season is truly a thing this year but i'm kind of hoping not pj because i agree with everything you're saying but i'm also taking some big favorites this week so hopefully (laughs) just not the teams that i am taking so let's get into it let's give you our favorite plays in college football big six All right, PJ, you are guest hosting. We're going to let you lead off here. Uh, Give us uh, one of your favorite plays in college football. Chelsea, I love this under in this Pac-12 matchup. Really good game, by the way, between Utah and Arizona. If you haven't seen Arizona play football this season, one of the most underrated teams in college football. They have three losses this season. Two of those were in overtime at Mississippi State, at USC, and then they only lost to Washington by seven really good team utah we obviously know back-to-back pac-12 champions not gonna happen this year this game's pretty much a pick em, chelsea but i'm going with the total and we're taking the under 45 and a half the reason being utah plays totals to the level of their competition when they go up against usc and washington teams with elite offenses but not that great at defenses the games go over the total like we saw last week in seattle like we saw when they played sc when utah goes up against oregon state when they go up against ucla when they play teams with pretty solid defenses teams that want to run clock and lean on their d the games go under the total arizona is that way they're a complimentary football team they don't make mistakes they're well coached they're solid on defense they're good on offense they want to run the ball so i really like the under in this game 45 and a half in utah and arizona utah does have one of the better defenses in the pac-12 would not talk you off that one for a second if you want to watch it, it is a 230 kick in this Pac-12 top 25 matchup. Pick six. Pick six. All right. So we were just talking about chaos season <laughs> in college football, but I'm not sniffing any chaos when it comes to this Michigan and Maryland matchup. Man, I don't even want to hear the Michigan fight song. I don't like Michigan. I don't like all of the accusations that we're seeing across the Michigan football program, but I'm going to take them minus 19 and a half. Is there a team in college football that looks more motivated than Michigan right now? Uh, Their assistant coach was crying like Jim Harbaugh had died or something. So they think it's them against the world that every single nation is saying, ooh, let's hate on Michigan. No, the whole world does not care about Michigan Wolverines football, but I think it took until last week for us to truly see just how good Michigan was. They ran the ball at will against Penn State. And coming into that game, Penn State was one of the best defenses in the country. In fact, they're still one of the best defenses in the country. Number two in the nation in total defense. You know who's number one at defense? Total defense when it comes to total yards? That would be the Michigan Wolverines. So do you think Maryland is going to have an easy game here going against that defense and a team that is out to prove to the world 
that they belong in the college football playoff? No, I don't think so. I'm going to take Michigan laying the big number here, laying the 19 and a half. It is a big number, but we've seen how bad Maryland can get beaten. They lost 51 to 15 to, to Penn State. So I think this one goes similarly. Yeah, you know, Chelsea, Maryland plays in that Big Ten East Division with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. And the last couple years, they've kind of always been that fourth team. It's like Penn State, who is undoubtedly the third best team, and they're trying to get that big win over Ohio State and Michigan, and they just can't do it. And Maryland just can't beat the big three in a big matchup. They can't beat Michigan. They can't beat Ohio State. They can't get over that hump. When I was on the show Tuesday with you and Jenks, I talked about this game, and I just talked about the sandwich spot, right? Michigan doesn't play anybody for nine weeks. Then you have the Harbaugh uh, suspension. You get up for Penn State. You obviously have Ohio State looming. Like, this is such a sandwich spot game. But I almost think that the Harbaugh suspension works in their favor for everything you talked about, right? Like they're pissed off, them against the world. They have that mantra. So I am a little bit concerned now about my Maryland play. I'm kind of walking back on it. I think maybe Maryland in the first half might be the play, plus 10.5. Maybe they keep it close early, and then Michigan just kind of wears them down with that running game. But uh, I'm starting to maybe come around on your side and think Michigan might be the play. That is a noon kickoff in College Park for this Big Ten battle. Big Six. Big Six. All right, Chelsea, I'm going back to the Pac-12. Oregon and Arizona State, and I'm calling my shot. The Ducks are on upset alert this weekend. I would take a little stab at 12 to 1 with the Sun Devils. Forks up, baby. I love them plus 23 and a half, though. If you want to buy the 24, go for it. Chelsea, this is all about the head coach for Arizona State. Why I love this game for them. They're Head coach Kenny Dillingham was the OC at Oregon with Dan Lanning ever since he took the job the last couple of years, was with Bo Nix last year, knows that team extremely well, and historically, Oregon has always struggled in the state of Arizona. They always struggle in Tucson. They always struggle in Tempe. I remember when Justin Herbert and Oregon went in there five years ago against Jaden Daniels, who was playing quarterback at the time for Arizona State. They lost outright as two touchdown favorites. They always kind of struggle in these type of games. So I think ASU keeps it close, right? We were talking about it at the top. Like these are the kind of games where all the pressure is on Oregon. This is Arizona State Super Bowl. They get to play one of the best teams in the country at home. And Kenny Dillingham gets to go against his former boss and play against some of his former players or coach against some of his former players. So really like Arizona State to keep it close this weekend. And you know what? This is really an upset that nobody's talking about. Like a, a lot of people think maybe Texas is in trouble this weekend, maybe potentially Georgia. But I'm going to take a shot with ASU on the money line, and I love them with the points this weekend. Really interesting, especially because this game could have a ripple effect on the Heisman odds as well. We know Bo Nix right now in yeah. line as the favorite to win the Heisman. If you want to watch it, it is a four Eastern kickoff in Tempe, Arizona. Big six. All right, let's go to the ACC, shall we? I think Louisville's in the a ACC, right? Still? <laughs> yes, Who knows? they are. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Louisville minus one and a half. This line seems suspiciously short. 
but I'm gonna take it because Louisville has looked like one of the better teams in the AFC this season, or ACC, I should excuse me. Uh, ACC, I should say. Nine and one and in the top 10 for the first time in seven years. This is a massive year for the Cardinals. So maybe they looked a little shaky against Virginia last week, still managed to win. And we're not talking about a big spread here. It's a point and a half. Meanwhile, Miami keeping it close with an elite Florida State team last week, losing just 27 to 20. But remember, that's a rivalry game. I feel like rivalry games always play a little bit closer and FSU Miami definitely fits the bill. Time to sell high on the Hurricanes and buy in on Louisville here. The Cardinals over the course of the season, much better team, third best red zone defense in the nation and top 15 nationally in third down run scoring and total defense. It should be a really tough matchup for a Miami quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke, who's been incredibly inconsistent, was benched at one point in the season and has 11 picks in his last five games. Plus, Louisville just played on Thursday last week, so they have a few extra days of rest for this one. I'll take Louisville laying the point and a half on the road at Miami. Tricky game, Chelsea. Obviously, the line is telling you that maybe Miami is the side just because Louisville's a top 10 team. Miami's unranked. It's pretty much a pick them. But I'm kind of with you. Like, Louisville, Jeff Brown, what he's been able to do in year one has been really good. Only that one loss. Great chance to play in the ACC title game. And Miami just has not been the same team ever since that Georgia Tech loss. They didn't even start Tyler Van Dyke against Florida State, so they got some real issues at quarterback. No play for me, but I would lean your way with the Ville this weekend against the Canes. That game between the Cardinals and the Hurricanes gets started at noon Eastern in Miami. Big six. All right, Chelsea, they don't call me Pac-12 Peach for nothing. Nobody calls me that, but I'm calling myself that today because I'm sweeping the board with Pac-12 plays. I love Oregon State this weekend against Washington. They're undefeated, 10-0, on the road, and they're dogs this weekend against the Beavers. Chelsea, this game is going to be dominated by Oregon State at the line of scrimmage. They have a really good offensive line. Their defense always plays well at home. It's going to be interesting to see how their secondary holds up against Penix and this offense, but I think being at home makes all the difference in the world. Washington's defense as of late has not been very good. I think I always thought this was the spot where Washington was going down. I know they were only three-point favorites against USC last week against Utah was always going to be a tricky game. Obviously, they had that close game with Oregon, but I thought this was the game that was going to give the Huskies the most trouble. I'm standing by it. I like the Beavers this weekend against Washington. Ooh, I didn't want to pick this game because I thought it was a tricky one, but I am very interested to see who wins it. So I'm going to watch it. Uh, If you want to watch it, 7.30 Eastern kick on Saturday uh, in Corvallis. Pick six. Pick six. All right. So we have talked about chaos season again. I am praying that the chaos help it happens elsewhere and not to the Georgia Bulldogs because I'm taking Georgia in this one. Minus 10 and a half on the road at Tennessee. Yes, it seems like a big line for an SEC matchup. But listen, this is the shortest line that we've had on Georgia 
all season long. I'm not kidding. They've never been favorites of less than 10 and a half points so far this season. So I think you're kind of getting a steal on a Georgia team that's offense has really hit its stride. This team's averaging more than 40 points per game. Also really good at stopping the run. And if Tennessee gets something going on their offense, it's going to have to be through Joe Milton, which I'm sorry. I don't have a ton of faith in him. He feels extremely untrustworthy to me. So I got to get to break. Clearly, they're playing me out, but I'll be taking the Bulldogs laying the 10 and a half on the road at Tennessee. When we come back, it's more picks. We're going to the NFL, our favorite plays. Next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Good morning. Happy Friday. I'm Chelsea Messenger. We've got PJ Glasser sitting in for Jinx today. In a few minutes, we'll give you our favorite picks across the NFL. And PJ, I'm looking at your picks right now. And I think I could have picked what you are choosing. Do you ever try to guess other handicappers plays for the week? Because everybody has like their own identity, where if you have been following somebody's strategies long enough, uh, you feel like you know which direction they're going. I'm not surprised by your picks at all. Do you ever do that with other people? <laughs> all the time, all the time. It's funny, on uh, Sunday here on BetQL, I do uh, Inside the Betting Lines from National Harbor with J.P. Flame, and uh, 1 to 5, we watch all the NFL games right at the start of the show as kickoff's happening. We give out our five favorite bets of the 1 o'clock game, and uh, now that we've kind of done like 10 weeks of shows together, I almost know like who he's going to play and he kind of knows who I'm going to play. So absolutely. Like you said, you kind of once you have an idea of kind of how people think, how they trend towards games, what are some things that they look for? I'm with you. I, I like guessing. Uh, I like guessing what games people are on. Do you also like seeing what games people are on and being like, uh-oh, that person's on that game. Maybe I have to rethink something or on the opposite side of, oh, that person's on that game. I even like my bet even more or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try not to be that mean, uh, but there yeah. are people like that. But it's yeah. never a good sign when you see somebody you respect and trust on the opposite side. But sometimes you just have different lines of thinking. And also you could also probably argue a good case for both sides i think in the nfl this is especially true because there is so much parity these lines are so short so like maybe both of the handicaps can be correct i'm not saying both of them are gonna win but i can get where people would like either side of the equation because i kind of saw that in the ravens and the Bengals game last night i thought by the book you exactly. take the, the Bengals getting points but the way that the ravens had been chugging along, and this is, of course, before all the Joe Burrow injury stuff happening. Um, the way that they were chugging along, I wouldn't have been shocked if the Ravens won by 10, even with Joe Burrow in there. It's just when you have a strategy, you stick to that strategy over the long term of the season. 
So it's kind of like baseball. Just because you strike out once doesn't mean you're going to change your entire strategy your next at bat. That's exactly right. You know what's funny, too? You bring up that Bengals-Ravens game, and there was a professional better who tweeted out last night that the sharp betters like the Ravens as three-and-a-half-point favorites up to four, and then more professional betters like the Bengals plus four all the way down to plus three-and-a-half, and it's like, so both people like the same thing, right? It's like, but that's the reality of the NFL is there's sharp money on both sides in every single game. To your point, right? Because these markets are obviously so sharp. There's so much money going into them. And people obviously, you can really kind of compose your own thoughts or angle or how you want to look at a game to the way you want to bet it. So it's just funny. As you know, I was on the show earlier this week. There's a game on the board that I absolutely love. It's like one of my favorites of the whole year. But I've heard a bunch of people that like the other side. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Hopefully I'm on the right side. All right, so we teased it enough. Let's get to our yeah. favorite plays in the NFL this weekend. Pick six. Pick six. All right, so we did right. a good job of leading into this pick, PJ, because I feel like yeah. it is a great example of the line of thinking that you normally exhibit in your pick. So who do you like? So we teased it. I really like the Arizona Cardinals this week, plus four and a half. Chelsea, I think it's a great spot for them. Mostly this spot is all about fading Houston. A young team like that coming off a big emotional win against Cincinnati, right? Going nuts in the locker room. Stroud's getting all this MVP love from all kind of shows across all networks. And I just think about like when Brock Purdy had a great game against Dallas and that was a big emotional win for the Niners. And he was amongst all these MVP talks and everybody it has him in these conversations. And then he goes on the road the next week and lays a dud against the Browns. And then as 10 point favorites, completely out of the conversation. So I just think it's a good spot for Arizona and they're healthy. Kyler Murray's back, James Connors back. And you want to back Kyler Murray as a dog. He's 21, 12, and 2. ATS is a dog in his career. He's 16 and 8 as a road underdog in his career. Like, these are the spots you look for. You don't love Kyler as a favorite, but you do love him as a dog, especially when you're getting, you know, over the key numbers of 3 and 4. So, I think it's a good spot with how Houston looked last week, with how much kind of you know they're falling into like america's team i feel like last year and still this year it's the lions on the nfc side i think this year the houston texans are starting to become that team like everybody loves stroud how can you not the kid's phenomenal but i'm going to take arizona here plus four and a half chelsea i like them to win the game as well i would take some of the money line at plus 185. by the book it feels like it has to be the cardinals here getting the four and a half it is a great sell high spot on the texans who have been bad in this position they have not covered as a favorite at all this season. They've been favorites three times this year and haven't covered in a single one. So I think you're right uh, when it comes to that play. If you want to watch it, it's a one Eastern kick in Houston. Pick six. Pick six. All right, so we've referenced it. You're looking for a team that's in a situation in which they usually excel. And that's why I'm taking the Cowboys laying a big number against the Carolina Panthers. I'm taking the Cowboys minus 10 and a half because the Cowboys are great as big favorites against bad teams. They had that one little slip up against the Arizona Cardinals. 
But that was back in September, and I almost like that they lost to a bad team, so they're not taking any game for granted. The Cowboys, as favorites this year, have been cash money. 6-1 and one against the number as favorites, and they have already had five wins this season by 17-plus points. Meanwhile, the Panthers have been bad in just about every situation, 1-8 and eight straight up, and have only covered in two games this season. That was against the Bears and the Texans. Not exactly the cream of the crop, even though the Texans do look pretty good. Uh, and they only covered by the hook against the Bears. So I think the situation screams Cowboys here. I'm looking for a big win for Dim boys. Let's take the Cowboys minus 10 and a half. You are right about Dallas's big favorites. They normally beat up on the lesser teams. I do worry about them on the road though, more so than at home. If this game was at home, I'd completely be with you on Dallas. But I just I, I do think about that Arizona game and how they looked. And like you said, they're six and one ATS's favorites this year, so they've been very good in these spots. They do have the Thanksgiving game upcoming Thursday, so there is a short week. Is that kind of creeping into their minds a little bit? Carolina has once again gone back to Frank Reich as the play caller. It just feels like Reich knows his time is pretty much up. He's kind of going all in to try and save his job. So Carolina, you know, I mean, 10 and a half is a lot of points. I would probably lean that way. I don't feel great about it. Adam Thielen, though, I would look at his props because Reich is calling plays again. Look at what Thielen did at the beginning of the season when he was the play call. He was killing it. So I think he would be a guy I would target this week in that game as the Panthers and Dallas square off 1 p.m. Eastern time in Charlotte. Big six. Big six. Chelsea, I'm going to Sunday night football. Give me the Denver Broncos minus two and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. Three weeks ago, I think if you threw this game up on Sunday night football, people would rather put on the game show network. But now all of a sudden, we have a pretty good game. Minnesota has won five in a row. Justin Jefferson looks like he's going to be back. And then Denver, their last two wins have come against the Chiefs and at Buffalo. They're starting to play good football. You got to give Sean Payton a lot of credit for how Russell Wilson has looked this season. I mean, these two teams, you know, both of them, it looked like they were going to be big-time sellers at the trade deadline. Minnesota, it it looked like maybe before Cousins got hurt, maybe we're going to sell him. Jefferson was hurt. And now they have the best story going in the league with Josh Dobbs and how awesome he has been. I'm not quite there, though, yet with Dobbs, and I don't know if this line should be as low as it is. Played against Atlanta, played against the Saints when Derek Carr is a favorite. We know how that normally goes goes I think under the field goal here still a good spot on the Broncos you know because the Josh Dobbs story is so good and people bet for what they want to root for I think people are just taking the Vikings because they want to root for Josh Dobbs and they're forgetting how tough of a place mile high is to win at especially at night in that altitude so I'm gonna go with Denver under the field goal I think it's a close game like Minnesota in a teaser at plus eight and a half I think's a good play I like the Broncos this week though Chelsea I think they win this game somewhere like 21-17 I think this is a tough one to handicap for me just because it looks like a sell high spot on both of these teams you know the Broncos coming off back-to-back massive wins the Vikings writing this feel-good story so I'd be with you especially if it's under a field goal Uh, But I do think, you know, by the book, that was a tough one to decide for me. If you want to watch it, like PJ said, it is a Sunday night football matchup in Denver. Big six.
All right, up next, another situational spot where a team really thrives. I'm taking the Chargers minus three on the road at Lambeau against the Packers because the Chargers have been wildly disappointing this year, but not when they've been favorites of three points or more. They're 3-0 and against the number. So when they're supposed to win games, they're winning games. Maybe they're closer than people expected, but still, this line is sitting at three. And also, the narrative on the Chargers I feel like maybe is a little unfair because look at their losses this season. They've lost to the Chiefs, Dolphins, Cowboys, Lions, and an overtime loss to the Titans. So just think about some of those losses and think about how close these losses were. Only one of their losses this season has come by more than three points. If the pendulum swings the other way and they win some of those games, we would have a different perspective on this Chargers team. They still have a great quarterback. And looking at the Packers, this is a team that has lost by more than three points to far worse teams. Lost by more than three to the Vikings, Steelers, and Raiders. Not exactly a murderer's row. So I'll take the Chargers here. Great in this spot. I'll take them laying the three on the road at the Packers. Tricky game for me. I feel like getting the flat three is probably the play with the Chargers. If this went up to three and a half, I might even mm -hmm. lean towards the Packers just because, I, I mean, we know the Chargers, all they do is play one score games. And if you're going to give me a home underdog with the plus three and a half, even though Green Bay has been really bad this season, I uh, that would be the play. Maybe you look at like a Chargers first half, right? It just feels like Green Bay always gets off to a slow start every single game. Chargers are a team that you can't trust at all at the end. So maybe you bet LA first half and then you get out of Dodge and hope they cover that. But uh, Chelsea, I would probably lean your way at minus three as well as the Chargers look to get the win in Lambeau, that game 1 p.m. on Sunday. Big six. All right, Chelsea, I'm going to the NFC East. We kind of talked about this game at the beginning of the, of the earlier in the show. I like the Giants this week at plus nine and a half against the Commanders. I, I know it's ugly. I know Tommy DeVito is awful, but this is all about not trusting the Commanders to win by double digits when they are expected to do so at the end of the day this is a divisional game these teams know each other well the giants have had washington's number they're seven two and one straight up in their last 10 matchups so i like the giants to muck this game up keep it ugly we've seen washington as big favorites twice this season against the bears on thursday night lost that game arizona week one needed a fourth quarter comeback to to complete it I'm taking Washington as my survivor pick this week. I think they win the game, but I think it's going to be ugly, and I think the Giants keep it to one score, so I'm on the G-men this week. Ooh, threading the needle there. But two of your three yeah. picks were my first gut reaction picks because it has nothing to do with X's and O's. It's all about the market. The market could not be any lower on Washington, on, uh, excuse me, on the New York Giants right now. Everybody thinks they're trash, but do we really think that the Commanders deserve to lay almost 10 points in a divisional matchup? I think probably not. If you want to watch it, uh, it's a one Eastern kick from FedEx Field. Pick six. Pick six. <laughs> there we go. All right, to end things, how about let's root for a dumpster fire of a game between the Jets Oof. and the Bills. I'm taking an alternate total in this one under 41 for minus 145. I think those couple of points there to play with 
are maybe going to be the difference here. Uh, the total in this one, 39 and a half. We've seen a ton of money hitting the under here, and all the trends are pointing in this direction. Both these teams have been cash cows to the under. The Jets, six and three to the under behind that great defense. The Bills, seven and three to the under because of their offense. We know they just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, out the door, and a lot of it feels like it's on the shoulders of Josh Allen, who I think might play a little bit more conservatively now that the narrative this entire week has been about his turnovers. Plus, if you're trying to right the ship on your offense, do you think it's going to be a good thing going against this Jets defense that's top 10 in most statistical categories? Then on the other side, you get Zach Wilson. It feels like an underplay. We have seen four straight matchups between these two teams hit the under. I don't think it's going to be much different come this Sunday. So let's go under 41 in the Jets and the Bills. So that's going to do it for our pick six plays. If you ever miss anything, just download the podcast. Search The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast. Up next here on the show, we'll go to the NBA and pick our favorite plays on a Friday night. Next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to The Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Happy Friday. Hope your morning is off to a fantabulous start. And if it's not, maybe we can point it in the right direction. Coming up next, we'll talk a little NBA and a sprinkling of college hoops as we have PJ Glasser in the building filling in for Jenks today. A little later, we will get into more football talk because it is a football Friday here on the Daily Tip. We'll do our favorite picks in college football and our favorite picks this week in the NFL. PJ, do you ever do player props in the NBA? I love player props, but this early in the morning, sometimes it can be really tricky because number one, these lines aren't posted. And number two, we see so many injuries in the NBA that can have a ripple effect on whatever you're betting, be it the spread, the total, or player props. Yeah, I I think honestly in today's NBA, like player props are the way to go. That's how a lot of people profit because sides and totals in the NBA, it's just, it's way too tough. And like you said, with the injury report, especially in the regular season and load management, it's just tough judging all these things. So I I think the prop market is the way to attack it. Personally, I I don't just because I feel like you really have to kind of have tabs on the league and, and understand how these guys play against certain teams and and what things to look for. Plus, there are just so many different ways to, like, attack props, right? Like, you can bet points, rebounds, assists, blocks, turnovers, like, all these different things. So I I think it certainly is the way to bet the NBA, but uh, I just don't have a good enough grasp on it. And like you said, you know, at at this early in the morning, I think betting props, like, you know, when I fill on the BetMGM Tonight Show here on BetQL, a lot of times, Trista and Nick, who, who follow the NBA very closely, and Ryan as well, they'll all be here at their at their laptop as the show's getting ready to start, and they'll be all putting in their bets on props, you know, waiting to see kind of the starting lineups and what's going on. And uh, I think I think that's the way to bet it. 
I think so too. Even though I do think it is a good lens to look at some of these games through because you can see, especially when it comes to star players, because there is one matchup that kind of caught my eye tonight. And sometimes it's built into the line because as I am looking at this Nuggets and Pelicans matchup, there is uh, a fantasy slash props matchup that maybe dictates this game a little bit because I'm looking at the little grid that talks about NBA defense first position. And you know who's really bad at defending centers? The New Orleans Pelicans. They're giving up the third most points and the third most rebounds to opposing centers. Do you know who has a great center on their team? Mm, the Denver Nuggets. So when you see something like this, where it's quote unquote a smash spot for a team's star player, does that affect the overall game handicap? It, it certainly could. I mean, that's that's a great stat there about the Pelicans struggling against centers. I'm looking at like Jokic triple double at plus 135. Like that certainly could be a bet because I mean those are things like you want to target, right? Jokic obviously mm -hmm. can fill the stat sheet. So yeah, I think I think to your point. I mean, absolutely. Like you know, it's just like in the NFL. I mean, all the time when I'm betting props, I look at okay, this team struggles against tight ends. This team struggles against receivers. Like those are the things that you want to exploit, right? Like teams have weaknesses like certain teams can't guard point guards certain teams can't guard centers certain teams struggle in the pick and roll certain teams struggles to defend the three so yeah if you find matchups like the pelicans where they struggle against big men and denver has the best big man in the league i think Jokic overs are probably the way to go tonight the only tricky part is that you are never getting a bargain on nicole Jokic. he's not coming out of anywhere like he is he should be the reigning MVP. I always want to say that, but he's not. It's Joel Embiid. Uh, but last time around against the Pelicans, he had 35 points, 14 rebounds, and 12 assists. Back uh, on the 6th of November in a big Nuggets win, 134-116. to 116. Should be noted that game was at home. Uh, but does this affect the way that you look at the overall line in this game? Because it's set at 4.5. Denver, like 4.5 tonight on the road at New Orleans, who has really struggled without C.J. McCollum out with that lung issue, I believe. But I'll say mm -hmm. this about the Nuggets. They have had three straight games as 4.5-point favorites and have not covered in a single one of those games. Does that make you lose faith in the Nuggets here? Or do you look at their schedule and say, hey, they haven't played in a few days. They should be rested here. And at some point, they are going to start covering numbers. And maybe this is the time to do it. Yeah, I, I think that's the way I look at it is, you know, they're, they're almost due, right? Like if you keep hanging mm -hmm. the same number, there's a reason for it. And eventually you're going to start covering some of those numbers as favorites. You mentioned they haven't played since Tuesday. The Pelicans haven't played since Tuesday either. So both teams are pretty well rested and you know the total for an NBA game is is about middle I would say maybe even lower than kind of the, the median at 225 and a half so maybe this is an under type game but I uh yeah Chelsea I mean you've kind of sold me on on the Jokic overs I, I like that triple double at plus money at the plus 135 Ingram I, I mean has been rolling for the Pelicans you mentioned McCollum's been out He's kind of been their guy. Brandon Ingram triple doubles 20 to one tonight, you know? So Oof. obviously he's going to get the points. I don't know if he'll be able to get the assist. He's normally averages around like four or five assists and the rebounds. He doesn't normally get to double digits either. But in a game like this, 
where, again, the Pelicans are well-rested, haven't played since Tuesday. You're going up against the defending champs. You're certainly going to get New Orleans' best effort going against the best team in the NBA. Like, I think it could be a big Brandon Ingram night, and I, I think there have been worse bets than maybe him in a triple-double at 20-1. to 1. Especially at 20-1. to 1. I almost like the game script better for players who are on the losing side. Because that is one of the sabotage factors when it comes to player props for teams on the winning side. If it is a blowout, your star yeah. player is probably not going to play the full game. Uh, so maybe looking at the losing side, or at least according to the spread in this situation, maybe you can find some value there on the star player on the losing side of the coin. I'm going to jump to this Kings and Spurs game. Uh, or was it the Blazers game? One of these two games you liked quite a bit. Which one was it? It was both. I like the Blazers, though, as, as dogs at plus seven and a half, just because of the Lakers' road struggles. One in five this year. Feels like a game where, again, certainly, like, you know, we might see maybe LeBron decides to just sit it out. Maybe AD decides to sit it out. Now it's up to eight and a half, so it's climbing. So certainly, you know, betters don't think that the Lakers are going to be sitting any guys, but eight and a half is just a lot of points, Chelsea. And a lot of times, you know, when you're playing one of the worst teams in the NBA, you're a veteran team like this. You, you just, you know, you kind of go through the motions in game like this a little bit. Like we obviously, it was well documented how much Golden State struggled on the road last year. So I just think eight and a half is too many points. I can see the Blazers keeping it close. And then that King Spurs game we were talking about too. I like that team total over for the Kings. I think they could score a lot of points tonight on that Spurs defense. Yeah, and the Kings have rounded into form as of late. They've won four straight games, covering the number in three of those. Meanwhile, San Antonio, it's been a real tough stretch for Wimby and company. They are losers of six straight games, only covering the number in one of those. A uh, seven-point loss to Minnesota where they covered by the hook. So it doesn't feel like a team that you should necessarily be buying into despite all of the Wimby hype. Uh, now let's get to college hoops because I know you love college basketball. And I wanted to start off by asking you this. I'm seeing some of your notes on Alabama basketball this year. And I was wondering, is this still the same offensive juggernaut that we have seen in years past? Because I think handicapping college basketball can be especially hard because there's so much turnover. And the revolving door of the transfer portal is always swinging wide open. So in years past, I've known the identity of Alabama as a team that is fast-paced. They're going to shoot a ton of threes. They're going to make a ton of threes. Is that the identity of the Alabama team this year? 100%. And I feel like, honestly, Chelsea, this year they have the most consistent group of shooters that I have seen a Nate Oates team have, right? Like last year... Brandon Miller was an awesome shooter, but, you know, like Javon Quinterly was very streaky. They had uh, Mark Sears, who was still there. He was streaky. Noah Clowney, who's in the NBA, he was streaky. Like, any given night, those guys could be on fire or they could be ice cold. And honestly, that's why they got upset by San Diego State in the Sweet 16. They went 3 of 28 from deep. But just watching them these first three games, like the transfers that they brought in 
Aaron Estrada, Grant Nelson, like these guys are just solid shooters in each and every game. You know, it feels like they're like three from seven from deep or they're two for five or they're four for eight. Like they're just consistently shooting the ball. Well, that's why they've scored a hundred points in all three of their games so far this season. Ken Palm has them listed right now. And I know it's early, but they're the number three ranked adjusted offense in college basketball. So like you said, the pace is always going to be there. They're always going to shoot threes. There have been some years where Nate has kind of not built his personnel to fit how he plays, right? Like, he wants to run and gun and shoot threes regardless, but he always hasn't had the best shooters and kind of players to do that. But it feels like this year, Chelsea, he he does have kind of guys that fit his team. This team certainly isn't as talented as last year's. I mean, they were the number one overall team heading into the tournament. But uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have a good team this year. They'll certainly be probably like a top five team in the NCAA tournament, and uh, they're gonna be a good over team this year because their offense is gonna score a lot, and their defense is nowhere near as good as it was last year. We talked about that total against Mercer today at one forty nine and a half. Like Chelsea, Bama doesn't even have to get us a hundred points. If they get us like high eighties, we just need Mercer to give us you know something in like the mid sixties, high sixties, low seventies. And we'll cash this over. So uh, I like that overplay tonight. Do you ever get nervous betting on teams who shoot a lot of threes? Because by the book to me, it feels like there is so much variance, especially in the college ranks, when your offense is predicated on making so many threes. Because obviously they're low percentage shots. Does that ever worry you? All the time, especially in the tournament. Because... Obviously, we know you need to go 6-0 and to win a national championship. And Chelsea, the reality is one, if not two of those six games, you're going to have to find a way to survive and advance in one of those games and win one of those games not playing your best. And Bama might have been the best team in the country last year. But again, they lost because they went three of 28 from three-point range. And they're a team that relies on shooting the three-ball well. So a team like that, a bunch of teams around the country, you know, Gonzaga, obviously Creighton, those teams aren't hitting their shots, uh, especially in the tournament. They could be in trouble. And you've just reminded me that I need to uh, re-up my subscription to Ken Palm. It's Ken Palm season. Finally, (laughs) it's here. Can't wait. All right. Up next, more football. We've got our favorite college football plays coming your way next on The Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.